The Steelers take on the undefeated Eagles in Philadelphia. It's a tall task, but Matt Canada was speaking on Thursday. We want to go over his comments and how he keeps saying that a change in the offense or success in the offense is coming. We'll see if it actually happens. I'm Chris Carter with the North Shore Drive podcast here with Brian Batko of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Both of us on the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. It's going to be a fun episode breaking down this game and getting you ready for the weekend. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. And welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Brian Batko. We are of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And we're breaking things down. It's an all-Steelers show here in the North Shore Drive Podcast for the Friday episode. Getting you ready for Steelers-Eagles, the Steelers' last game before the bye week. We'll break all things down there and to get talking in a minute. But first, got to talk to you about our sponsors, Acrisure. Introducing the Accurate Fan Advantage, the power to project one of our post-gazette Steelers beat writers into your home or office by using augmented reality. You can get an exclusive pregame breakdown from a Steelers expert standing in your living room. Get the latest insights on starting lineups, key matchups, and critical stats at post-gazette.com slash Fan Advantage. No apps or downloads, just insider access to Steelers updates at post-gazette.com slash Fan Advantage and get a real edge on this week's action. Brian, Matt Canada spoke Thursday. And whenever you just post a clip of him speaking on Twitter, Steelers fans are just booing, they're hissing, they're yelling for him to be fired. But he used a phrase that Mike Tomlin used on Tuesday and when he talked about, you know, the dam breaking and them, him, them feeling like they're close, but, you know, the, them being close isn't good enough. What's your assessment of if there's actually a dam to break here, like with this offense? Is there something that they're actually chipping away at, or do you see this as a futile effort that's only going to get solved once there's a complete revamping of this offense? No, I think there's a chance, Chris, that that they could break through. It's interesting to me that, you know, Matt Canada continues to tout this three days before facing one of the NFL's best defenses. It's it's not like he's saying, hey, guys, we're really close before you're going to go face the Lions, because then, then you could actually feel pretty <laughs> confident uh, about putting some points up on the board, and then you could come in uh, the following week and say, look, I told you we were close. This is not that. This is going to be a very difficult matchup at every level for the Steelers. So, um, I, you know, I get what he's saying. The, the talent is there when you see guys like Deontay Johnson and George Pickens and Chase Claypool and Pat Fryermuth. And I think Kenny Pickett's a good player who's obviously learning – on the job right now and the offensive line. Yeah. They might be playing pretty much as well as they can play right now as a unit, but you got to try to seize that if you can. So, um, so I, I, I understand that he thinks things are coming together. He's pointing to, you know, a play gone wrong here, a play gone wrong there, which is really what he's been saying all season. It's not necessarily false. Um, I don't know if I dare to defend Matt Canada on this show, Chris, but, uh, (laughs) You incur the wrath of Steelers fans everywhere. But you look at those last two drives in Miami, and if Kenny Pickett makes some better decisions, you the the narrative is a lot different. So it would be. Um, it's just uh, it's obviously been a tough season for the offense, and all of that falls on Canada, as he said uh, Thursday morning. I I think he maybe leaned a little bit more on some excuses this week than he has in the past. And, you know, I don't necessarily ding him for that because normally he just says nothing to us when he talks. It's just all a bunch of gibberish. Uh, (laughs) This week was 
more coherent, even if he was, uh, you know, subtly passing the buck here and there. But um, I, I think there's a chance. Like, I, he's gotten a lot of criticism for sure. Much of it deserved. But when I hear people from the outside, you know, smart football people, smarter than me, saying he's he's running a high school offense and this is, you know, it's that bad. Like, this isn't some guy who's a first year play caller and he's showed up with a bunch of plays no one, uh, you know, has never seen work before. He does have a track record, albeit at the college level. I don't think the guy forgot how to design plays or forgot what works at any level of football. But yeah, I think you can very much question whether he's utilizing his personnel and doing a good enough job matching wits with NFL defensive coordinators. Yeah, I, I do think there's there's certainly always questions you can ask, but I, I feel him on this. When I watch the Steelers on the All-22 and I break things down as I do Unlocked on Steelers and I do on Twitter when I'm talking about this, I mean, there's so many plays you could point to even beyond just the interceptions, just opportunities that are there. And if like this one person does this one thing right, that was a part of this scheme, it's it's successful. And it's often time. It's not an unreasonable ask. Like, you know, there's a wide receiver screen to Deontay Johnson. All Pat Frymuth has to do is hold his block for one more second. And Johnson has a sideline with nobody in front of him. And he might, you know, have a big 30 yard gain out of it. And it's those type of things that they've been missing. Uh, there were back to back plays on a second and third down in the fourth quarter where the Steelers were driving. And then all of a sudden, Kenny Pickett has two plays, one play where he um, he throws to Claypool in the flat uh, when Deontay Johnson's wide open over the middle. And if he hits Deontay Johnson, he's running with a lot of space in the middle part of the field. He get a first down and might even score. And then there's another play, the very next play, they go a slant flat combination where he goes to Deontay Johnson, but he's double covered. And Chase Claypool's the one who's left wide open in space. And if he gets to him, again, simple pass, not that long of a pass, just right in front of him. And if he gets it there, it's another big gain, and, and you, you get him in space. And these are the things when people say, why don't they scheme things up during the middle part of the field? There's two big play opportunities in the middle part of the field, and they're just not seeing them. I, I think that a lot of people want to feel like they are when – they, when they criticize Matt Canada and say that the play structure is bad, they want to feel like they're part of the game. They want to feel like, they, like they're seeing this and they're feeling what the Steelers are feeling in the moment about things. They, and they don't want to criticize their players as much. They, I think fans – they're, they're eager to criticize coaches because they don't wear, buy the jerseys of coaches. They buy the jerseys of players, and they like to – I have a Matt Canada straw hat that, that <laughs> I like to wear. <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness – but like you know, but, the, but that's right. Like you can't – there's, a, there's no, no – no one wears a Tomlin jersey, you know, and he's the most recognizable coach, one of the most recognizable in the NFLs. Um, so, you know, I, I look at that, and I think they don't they, – they they're reluctant to criticize those players because they're their favorites. But in these moments, it's like, look – like, you know, we say this is a bad play call, but if this guy does this one very basic thing, these things happen. They come away with victories in, in those moments, not defeats. And that's where I say it's not that part. The, the structure of what's being, this being called isn't the problem. Now, what I will say, Brian, is if this persists, then it, it does become a question of, A, is the talent good enough? Maybe the, maybe the players just aren't good enough to execute it. Or B, is Matt Canada just not able to connect with these guys at the level? Because I do think there's there are temperaments of coaches that do matter. Like for example, Bruce Arians was a very good coach for the Steelers, but the way that he connected with Ben Roethlisberger was very laissez-faire. Let Ben do what he wanted to do. And that got Ben killed a lot. And they brought in Todd Haley. Todd Haley got in his face a bit more. There was a little bit more of a contentious relationship, but it got Ben to get the ball out quicker and made him a more efficient quarterback. And I just think, we I don't know what Matt Canada's temperament is with his with his players. I think that we're all kind of learning what that is. He's only been here a year and six ga seven games or however long that they played. But 
I, I think that if if this continues in the long run, that might be what the Steelers need to look at, not necessarily the play structure or the play calling of things. Yeah, I think there are issues too that you see that keep popping up where it just feels like it's a it's a whole it's a disjointed operation. You know, mm-hmm. some some penalties that you look at and you say your job as a coach is to make sure this doesn't happen. And, you know, Mike mm-hmm. Tomlin is really big on don't, don't blame a player when that's why we get paid to coach. You know what I mean? Like, don't say it. What, what was his quote on the pivot podcast this summer? You know, don't say a guy can't learn. Um, say that right. you're, not, you're not coaching well enough or I'm paraphrasing, but um, you know, you look at the, the third and one quarterback sneak where the play worked, but they get called for the illegal shift. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I talked to Chooks a core for about that in the locker room Wednesday, who ultimately, I mean, he was the one that Mike Tomlin sh- sort of said, you know, rock back and forth um, before the snap. And then Miles Boykin gets sent in motion. That's where you get the illegal. Um, so it wasn't Boykin's fault. Don't know that it was Chooks's fault. It sure sounds like from talking to Canada Thursday, it was actually on the quarterback. It was Kenny Pickett, uh, who, who didn't have everything right with the timing of that snap and uh, when he sent Boykin in motion. So. Uh, you know, those are little things that you can spin it one way or the other. You can say, hey, that's a play that worked. And if it stands, maybe they finish off that drive and they beat the Dolphins 17 to 16. And, you know, everything is sunshine and rainbows on this week's North Shore Drive. But uh, when it doesn't, then you have to wonder, hey, uh, w- what is Canada doing that's not getting through to these guys? Isn't it the offensive coordinator's job to coordinate a successful offense that is not penalized? So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's. It's obviously a, a situation where if it doesn't get better, I, I think he has to ultimately fall on the sword. But, uh, you know, we are only seven games in. So to go back to the original premise of this very segment, Chris, uh, I do think there's a chance, although the Eagles are not the ideal opponent to get right and break that dam. Right. There's a, there's a lot of things that the Eagles do well. They're the best team at protecting the football and the best team at protect at, at getting the football away from you. Kenny Pickett's thrown seven interceptions. He's going up against a defense that's great at that. Darius Slade, James Bradbury, especially very good at attacking the football. And they, and We're they, have with deep, they have a deep pass rush. And I feel like over the years, yeah. the Steelers have done pretty well against fronts who were kind of a one man show like a Vaughn Miller or Miles mm-hmm. Garrett. When you face a team that's got a bunch of, of options to run at you, I think they've had some more struggles. I think that that's good. definitely going to play into this, especially with an offensive line that's still kind of figuring each other out and how to play together. We'll talk about the defense in a minute here because at the same time, well, that, that Eagles defense is tough. That Eagles offense is also very tough with Jalen Hurts and what they're doing. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But first, we're going to talk to you guys about Liquid Death, our great sponsors. And if you're out tailgating, you, see, you may see someone pounding away tall boy cans and you're thinking, what the heck's going on with that guy over there? He's just going strong and pounding all the tall boy cans. He should be drunk by now. But no, it's not beer that he's drinking. It's Liquid Death. It comes in a can, looks like a tall boy beer can, but it's just fresh mountain spring water ready for you to drink at any point in time. Why is it called liquid death? Well, it's because it's here to murder your thirst and it's here to murder plastic pollution on the planet because they all come in cans that are totally easily recyclable. They help keep your, your water even colder when you put them in a fridge or in a cool cooler. And they're looking to bring death to plastic bottles and every, the 10% of every can sold the profits of 10% of every can sold help kill or are sent to help kill plastic pollution across the planet. And out of a can, it just flat out takes 
tastes better. And with drinking liquid death, it's not only refreshing, it comes without the plastic taste and eliminates any worry of the residue that it might last in the water. And when you're done, you could throw it away in the recycling bin knowing that it got recycled. So go to liquiddeath.com or, or and go to uh, to go to your local Target, your 7-Eleven or County Fair, or go to Liquid Death retailers near you with their store locator located at, located at liquiddeath.com slash shore. That's liquiddeath.com slash shore. Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast of Chris Carter with Brian Batco. We're breaking things down in your Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Brian, let's talk about this defense because I, they've, I think they've played very well the last two games. And granted, they're not going up against juggernauts. You know, Tom Brady isn't the old the Tom Brady of old. Uh, you know, he's old Tom Brady. Um, as we and, as we do this, you know, he's down 17-10 to the Ravens, you know. Right. Uh, spoiler so, alert, we're recording yeah. this Thursday night. so that you yeah, Yes, yes, we are. Uh, right and, early. Friday morning. Right. We haven't had any slips too. That was like, oh, Matt Canada said this today. You know, we've been we've been living in the future appropriately. Right, exactly. And Brian, I got to say, you ruined it. They everyone thought we were doing this live on Friday, and now they know that we're not. Great job, Brian Batko, ruining the suspense in the theater that we're putting on here in the gathering the magic. <laughs> but anyways, um, speaking of that, but they go up against Tua, and granted, was for Tua's first game back. They a lot of touchdown, but then they adjusted and they contained that Dolphins offense with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Those were two inspiring performances, and especially with the the Buccaneers, you're missing almost all of your secondary in that game. And against the Dolphins, you get some guys back. You're still missing T.J. Watt, but now you face an Eagles offense that has a good offensive line led by veterans like Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey, but also other guys that have fit, fit in there. They've got playmakers like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard, and a quarterback in Jalen Hurts who's protecting the football well, who's using his legs, making decisive throws with 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 the ball in his hands. And they're an offense that can test you in so many ways. But where the Steelers are right now, both this week and moving forward, they, they won't get TJ Watt back this week. I do think I did see it was confirmed that he did practice on on, on Thursday, which is a good sign for him. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, think Tomlin called it highly unlikely on Tuesday, but yeah. we know that uh, Mike Tomlin has not been the most forthcoming about things this this season, especially injuries. So um, I guess you never know. I mean, TJ is has proven to be uh, not from this planet in other ways. So, but yeah, I, I, you know, you don't want to rush him back, especially when we saw he had all the issues last year when I think he tried to return too early a couple of times from those uh, groin injuries. This isn't uh, soft tissue necessarily, but um, yeah, well, it was at least interesting that he was out there in a more, uh, more active capacity Thursday. I think it's really interesting to see that he is he is back now because or at least back to practicing because you know there was a one point in time where people thought just shut him down for the year. This isn't a good season for you anyways. Let's just let's just ride it out. But I, I think that, you know, it's a good sign for the long term. But Brian, is this defense good enough right now? 
to keep the keep this game in control against an Eagles offense like this. And if TJ Watt comes back, will that make this defense good enough to make them real contenders? Because most likely, you know, however you pick them going to this game, they'll be either be two and six or three and five going into the bye weekend. They, they are in a mediocre division, but they still will have a lot of work to do. I think it, it could hold up. Um, you know, they've had success against Lamar Jackson, who's maybe the only quarterback in the NFL more mobile than Jalen Hurts right now. Mm. Uh, it's, you know, there's there's some more weapons, I think, right now in Philly than, than Lamar's had the past few seasons when the Steelers have had some success against him. But you know, the secondary just, you know, they're, they're clicking right now for the most part. And, you know, I know that sometimes when it comes to the outside world criticizing this defense and, you know, Mike Tomlin specifically uh, coaching it, they can never win, you know, if it's if they have a good start and then the other team puts some puts up on the board late. Why didn't they adjust? Uh, as we saw in Miami, if they have a slow start, but then they play better, it's, well, why, why did you come out flat? So at the end of the day, I mean, they're, they're still uh, statistically a good defense. You know, they, they got absolutely demolished by the Bills, but um, you know, that, was a, that was a rough day. And you'll have those tough days at the office sometimes. Other teams will have those this season and have facing Buffalo. So I, I like what this unit is, is bringing to the table right now. The inside linebackers are playing really, really well. I think so, too. Collectively. And, you know, Terrell Edmonds is a guy that you can kind of throw into that group, too. Not that he's uh, an, an extra inside backer, but he's asked to do a lot of things. And, you know, he's making plays uh, against the run, deep downfield. A guy who used to be kind of the weak link is has been a strength lately. So you, you like all of that. The cornerbacks are going through it right now injury wise I mean it looks like Akella Witherspoon's going to return but now Levi Wallace dinged up with a shoulder Cam Sutton must have been on some sort of snap count last week and mm-hmm. against the Dolphins I mean it's he, he's always out there but he, he only played about half the time and James Pierre to his credit uh stepped up once again when when he, he needed did. to be out there on the outside so uh th- there is a lot to like right now Larry Ogunjobi is probably the main injury concern at this point on Friday morning, but I I think Cam Hayward continues to kind of find his groove right now after a slow start to this season. You know, I think Alex Highsmith is, is still going to be able to bring some pressure off the edge. Although Jordan Mailata is uh, a massive human being. Yes, he is tackle for the Eagles. So that's easier said than done, but uh, I I think they can keep the Steelers in this game at, at least for a while. Yeah, I think that I think there's a chance for them to do that. I, I actually I compare what Jalen does to what Tua does. He has two talented receivers. Uh, he has you know he has other speed on the offense. But when you look at his at his strength, he's really good at throwing down the middle part of the field. You look at his passer rating compared to the in between the numbers compared to outside the numbers on either sideline. Uh, it, it dips significantly when you start going to 10 to 20 yards and 20 to 30 yards. Uh, and that's where I think the Steelers could find some success because I think that one, some of their biggest strengths right now are up the middle on defense. You got Minka Fitzpatrick, you got Terrell Edmonds, Devin Bush and Miles Jack are helping a lot in covering that part of the field. Um, and if Akella Witherspoon and Cam Sutton are back, I think that helps you get more con- continuity on the outside of the defense as well. Granted, you know, so you're 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 going to be able to if you can kind of mitigate his, you know, Jalen Hurts' success in the middle part of the field, and then take advantage when he goes outside if he makes a mistake. You know, they dropped four interceptions last week. They can't do that and win football games, especially with their offense right now. But I think there's a way to play football in this game, play your style of football, 
and keep this offense in check. You know, I look at, at several of their games this this year, and some people they look at that six and zero record and they say, "Oh, well, they're just unbeatable." There's a lot of games that they could have lost into some not impressive teams. Yeah, we were, we were talking about that at uh, at lunch the other day at the Steelers practice facility. That you know, somebody was like, "Ah, oh, the, the Steelers have no chance." I'm like, "What? Why? Why are we still saying that in the NFL in 2022?" <laughs> I mean, I look again. We go back to the Bills game. The Steelers. Uh, we're, we're embarrassed in that game, but I, I actually still think the Bills and probably the Chiefs are in a tier by themselves I right agree. now, even though the Eagles are undefeated. Maybe they're alone in the second tier, but you know, you're know you right, Chris. The, the list of teams that the Eagles have beaten do not jump out to me and say, wow, this is a juggernaut. The Steelers uh, shouldn't even show up Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. So um, it's going to be difficult to, to play complimentary football and uh, and try to keep the Eagles uh, off the scoreboard and try to uh, you know to get to this defense that's having so much success. But um, I need to see more. And, you know, the jury, I think, is still out to some degree on Jalen Hurts. It's been a great start. He's he's in the early conversation for MVP and rightfully so. But, uh, you know, how soon we forget that going into this season, there were major question marks about mm -hmm. him as a long term NFL starting quarterback. And, you know, we know that they were off to their own rough start this time a year ago. So uh, I think this, you know, the Steelers defense is, uh, they're going to have to, they're going to have to throw everything they've got at them maybe, but uh, you know, that has worked some of these weeks. You know, I, I would say uh, that go back to that Cincy game, albeit with TJ Watt healthy. Uh, we, we saw what they're capable of, uh, you know, holding Miami to, to zero points in the second half last week is, is very impressive. And, and you're right. If, uh, if one of those balls doesn't, Squirt through the hands of uh, of Levi Wallace or Cam Sutton or Terrell Edmonds. Uh, we're we're talking about yet another virtuoso defensive performance to beat Miami. I agree with that assessment. I'm really intrigued to see how they how they how they approach this this situation against a, a quarterback like that. And you know, I, I think we'd be doing Pittsburgh sports talk a disservice, disservice, Brian, if we did not say the mandatory part. Well, well, you know, the last time that the Philadelphia Eagles were six and zero facing a rookie quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, it was when Ben Roethlisberger was able to take them out. I think they were actually seven and zero that year, but they oh, were that's right. The they were seven and zero. I think they were the right. NFL's last unbeaten team, <laughs> just as they are this year. But you know, yes. that game was in Pittsburgh. This one's going to be in Philly. Um, the Steelers ain't won there since the sixties. Trust 60, me, 1965. Yes, I, um, I, I went to I went to college out in out in Cheney University, which is right by Philadelphia. I have so many Eagles fans that text me all the time about this stuff, and I'm just like, I hate all of you. Like they made I grew up like like you thinking like, oh, the Eagles, they're cool, right? There, yeah, they're the other Pennsylvania team. I went there, they were like, man, we hate your guts. You're from Pittsburgh. We we can't stand you. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? I I'm I got no beef with shoes. And they only they only play each other every four years, or at least they used to until the NFL added this. Uh, this 17th game, yeah, this yep. would be a cool game to see every single season. I think uh, I don't remember who it was. Somebody out there, maybe it was Peter King, floated uh, that 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 17th game every season instead of rotating with an NFC uh, team, that it it could be a, an AFC NFC matchup every year, pair a uh, a team with sort of a natural rival. And in this case, obviously Steelers Eagles would be a good one. Yeah, um, but hey, maybe the fact that they don't see each other every season. Uh, it ratchets up the stakes a little bit uh, when when they do play.
Indeed. We'll talk about those stakes a little bit here here after the break because we got to talk about this matchup and our predictions for how we see this game going out. But first, we're going to talk to you guys about Yinzes in the Berg. Yinzes in the Berg is your number one place for Pittsburgh sports apparel. If you need Steelers gear, Penguins gear, they got everything black and gold right there at Yinzes in the Berg. Where can you find Yinzes in the Berg? Well, they got two legendary stores in the Strip District. I suggest you go to either of them. They're amazing. They show you a full layout of everything available to you. If you if you thought of something, if you got a favorite player, they've got something on them. They got, they got uh, shirts, they got apparel, they got accessories, much, much more coats, hats, anything that you could think of. They probably got Got it there and about your favorite player. If you're a big Kenny Pickett person, go on in there. Get your Kenny Pickett gear. If you love Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, go on in there. They got your Pens gear. All of that can be had by going to Yinzers in the Berg. Or if you're not in Pittsburgh and you're like, how can I get this stuff? Go to their website, yinzerspgh.com, and you'll find it's a growing online store with more and more gear sent, being put out every week. So check out Yinzers in the Berg or go to their website, yinzerspgh.com, for all your Pittsburgh sports apparel. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm Chris Carter. He's Brian Backo. We're of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and we're getting ready for Steelers-Eagles. Brian, you're making the trek to Philly. When are you leaving? I want to know how, how y'all do Philly trips. So uh, I think we're actually going to leave earlier than usual Saturday morning because, uh, you know, we'd all, especially Jerry Dulac, but all of us would like to see uh, some of this Penn State-Ohio State game, which Ooh. kicks off at noon. So we're thinking if it's close, which... I don't know that it will be looking at the Buckeyes this year, but yeah, uh, if it is, if it is, um, you know, we'll, we'll at least be in Philly to kind of catch uh, some of the end of that game. But yeah, it'll be nice to get there. Um, you know, hopefully have some time to explore the city a little bit. I'm going to have at least one cheese steak. That's my bold prediction for this weekend. I was actually, I flew through Philly on the way back from hmm. Fort Lauderdale uh, after the Dolphins game and I really wanted to get a cheesesteak in the airport, but I just didn't have time no. making it to my gate. The line was was crazy. You saved yourself. Don't get a cheesesteak at the airport. It's a lie. It's a, it's the worst thing in the world. It's like getting it's like getting airport primanis and saying, "Oh yeah, I I got some Pittsburgh cuisine." No, you're not getting authentic anything. All right, but it was it was Jim's, which uh, is the best cheesesteak I've had in Philly's. Although its main location uh, down on in South Philly burned down, I think last year. Oh man, so. that's sad. So I won't be going to the uh, to the original brick and mortar gyms. Listen, but... listen, okay. Wes and I got you. Wes Euler of Steeler Nation Radio. He he was out in Philly for a long time. I was out yeah. in Philly. The the best, the number one actual place. Don't listen to nobody else. You go to West Philly. You look up Joe's. It's a little hole in the wall. Looks it looks disgusting. You're like, what is this place? How is Chris? How can they make good food? Just go in. You see the grease that's been on the same grill since 1955. They have the it's the nastiest thing in the world, but it tastes amazing. And like I I once got it. My friends told me like, listen, you don't understand. You've had Pats. You've had Geno's. Those are the tourist spots. You gotta come here. So my friend took me. Brian, when I ate a bite out of this cheesesteak, I felt like, yeah, I, my arteries closed and I may have lost two years of my life, but this was the best tasting piece of sandwich I've ever had in my didn't life. Want it to end. Yeah. I did, right. I was just like, this is amazing. See, so I've never heard of I've never heard of Joe's. Um, Johnny, our uh, former co-worker at the PG, Johnny McGonigal, told me that Ish Kabibbles is his go-to. So I've not, that's um, so we'll one see. I have not had yet. I've heard of yeah. it, but I've never had it. Yeah, I've had Pats. I've had Geno's. I've had Jim's. Uh, I think I had the Alessandro's. That's like the famous uh, Italian I've had one, the Alessandro's. But, um, but yeah, so I 
again, I, I might have more than one depending on, on how much time we spend in Philly. Well, be careful. You have more than one and you are risking health issues. Um, But but anyways, let's get back to the actual game here. Uh, Brian, as I always say, I I think it's cool for us to give predictions, but let's also give, you know, how we see this game playing out, like where we see the big, the biggest factor we see playing into this game. What is the biggest factor for either team that you see playing a role into how this game plays out? And then talk, tell us how that plays into your final score prediction. So I I think, um, I think it's going to be a, another game in which the Steelers struggle to start fast, whereas the Eagles, man, that fan base is going to be tuned up for this oh, one. It's, it's going to be loud. I mean, not only are the vibes in the city with the Phillies, who are going to be on the road mm-hmm. in Houston for the first couple games of the World Series, but mm-hmm. I think they're coming back uh, actually on Monday night. I believe that's the first game in Philly. And they're riding high off the baseball success, but they're the last unbeaten team in the NFL, too. So uh, it's just really good times right now in the uh, city of brotherly love. So I I think that the crowd is going to be raucous, um, whether it's the Eagles or Steelers, who starts with the ball. They'll they'll make it tough on Kenny Pickett. If he has it first, they will, um, you know, be behind Jalen Hurts and get those guys going if they have it first. So. Uh, I think the Eagles get off to a fast start in this one, and the Steelers are trying to play catch-up, which makes things difficult, both on a struggling offense and a defense that has to deal with everything we mentioned in the last segment. Uh, A mobile quarterback, uh, a guy who's throwing it efficiently, one of the most underrated receivers in the league in A.J. Brown, uh, Miles Sanders, a a 4-1-2-er, as Mike Tomlin called him, who can do Mm -hmm. some damage out of the backfield and Dallas Goddard, who's, you know, having one of his best seasons so far as their tight end. Uh, even though I think they're defending the middle of the field pretty well uh, lately, I could see this being a game where AJ Brown and or Dallas Goddard go off. Okay. I see that. And what's your final score prediction? All right. I'm going to go with Eagles 28 Steelers 17. Dang, so I think all- the, I, yes, Chris. No, I was just gonna say we're all in the same boat here. I, I just yeah, I, mean, like, I know I said I think the Steelers defense can do some things to limit the Eagles, but I mean, even if you even if you do that, I, I feel like this group's just playing at a level where you know it's it's not asking it's it's asking a lot to keep them from scoring in every quarter. So I mean, twenty eight points that's that averages seven a quarter. Uh, yep. I, I think they can get there, um, and it's and like I said, it's it's just gonna be a tough. Tough one for the Steelers to uh, to kind of fight back on, but uh, I think they'll they'll put up a better offensive performance than they did in Miami, and yet I still don't think they'll have a dub to show for it. Yeah, I think the biggest thing if the Steelers if the Steelers against this defense too, the Eagles are the best at protecting the football and getting the football with their defense and turnovers. If the Steelers can show some life on offense in this game, it gives you something to build off of to say, hey, guys, this worked. Like, we found something. Like, if it, whether it's the deep passing game, the short passing game, screens, run, get something. Just something that says, like, hey, against that defense that was, you know, one of the best in the NFL, we found something that clicked. Let's work on this over the bye week. Let's come back. Maybe you get TJ Watt back. Maybe the defense is back to being elite, you know, after once he's, once he's back on the field and healthy, and then maybe you're, we're, we're able to put something together. But if you're the Steelers, I think that's what you're hoping for here, but I'm with you. I, I just, I think that there's, I could see a slim path to victory because I got like when they played the Bills, I said, Hey, there is a very t- skinny tightrope that they got to walk to win that game. And they fell off in two seconds of trying <laughs> to walk it. Um, 
I, I don't think they fall off as fast with the, with this one. I don't think this yeah. game gets out of hand. I think it stays within reach, but I think it gets to the point where the Eagles defense will be able to create turnovers and the Steelers defense will, will have some, but I just think that without TJ, without a pass rush that can scare Jalen hurts consistently, I think you're putting yourself behind the eight ball a lot. And then you're going to have to ask Kenny Pickett, Hey, can you put up more points than you normally have? And that's where I think it just comes to if this, if they had TJ Watt in this game and he was fully healthy and not coming just the fresh first game off an of injury, I, I might give them a shot, a, a, a legitimate shot here, because I could, because if they, I could say, well, I could see them winning twenty to seventeen if, if some things go their way. But just like you said, this, this, the Eagles' offense—they score in many different ways. They stretch the field vertically and horizontally. Um, it challenges you in a lot of ways. And even if the defense holds them, this is a very good defense that the Eagles are bringing with Javon Hargrave, with Fletcher Cox, with yeah, I don't Jordan think the Steelers are going to be able to run the ball well against them, right? It's going to be rough there. They're going to be bringing against Kenny Pickett. They've got they've got pass rushes. They just traded to get Robert Quinn. Um, you know they got Brandon Graham, and then on the outside they have right now the two the highest rated quarterback pair or cornerback pair, excuse me, in James Bradbury and Darius Slay. If you throw at either of them right now, your passer rating has been in the thirties when you look when you combine their their stats. So it's been ridiculous what those two have been able to do. The Steelers, their only path to success offensively, in my opinion, is targeting the middle part of the field, which is the thing that they have not done consistently enough i say i, I it's funny i gave the same prediction uh on my on my thursday episode but 27 17 was my score very close to your 28 17 i, I think that again i think the steelers keep it relevant like this isn't a this isn't buffalo where it's 38 to 3 yeah i don't think it's have. a blowout i don't think right. it's a blowout but a i guess comfortable enough win like a route like you know like 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 this will be i think in the fourth quarter when the when the steelers need to giddy up and, and get their offense going kenny pickett that's where he starts to get it more more desperate and make some throws that the Eagles secondary can prey on and get interceptions on and that kind of seals the game but the last time they played in philly was that uh was that the 34 to 3 that was the game? carson wentz utter utter destruction game i remember mm-hmm. watching that and just being like that was nasty yeah. and then of course the steelers beat uh beat the eagles last time they played in 20 20 but the chase claypool game yeah yeah that was in pittsburgh chase claypool had four touchdowns four touchdowns yeah and um you know obviously the eagles have have changed a lot since then and so have the steelers so um yeah i I don't think it's going to be 34 to 3 the way it was last time they uh you know traveled the turnpike but uh yeah i I think it's going to be it's going to be a tough road to have it is going to be a tough road. We'll see how that plays out. Steelers, Eagles, Sunday, Philadelphia, Brian, Ray, Jerry, all our crew will be there. Um, stay here to tune to this channel after the game. Myself and Paul Zeiss will be doing a post game show that you can chat with us about. Um, thanks again for checking out the North Shore Drive podcast. Brian, what you got queued up for everyone this weekend? Yeah, so I mean, um, Ray Fittipaldo has got the Sunday story this week, which means he uh, did some digging on Andy Weidel. Uh, Steelers yeah. assistant GM who helped build this Eagles roster before coming over here this offseason to help Omar Khan step in and replace Kevin Colbert. That'll be a good one from Ray. For me, uh, I'll have my weekly AccraSure fan advantage matchup preview. Uh, fun one to do this week, Kenny Pickett versus uh, a guy he played with at Pitt, Avante Maddox. So, um, you know, check that one out as well. And otherwise, man, uh, I guess maybe keep it on my Twitter, see if I get some whiz wit this weekend out there in Philly. I, you better be posting some pictures. I want to see if you find Joe's, man. That place was dope in West Philly. Uh, check <laughs> it out. 
Thanks again, Brian, for doing the North Shore Drive podcast with me. It's always fun we do it together. Chris Carter and Brian Batko of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can find the North Shore Drive podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you saw it on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel to get all of our Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes. And we have daily content coming out here, breaking things down on Steelers, Pirates, Penguins, Pitt, Penn State, college, even high school sports right here. And it's a big weekend with regular season high school start and ending in the in the Whippeal. So you want to stay tuned for all that right here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm Chris Carter. He's Brian Batko. We'll see you again next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description. Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios.